بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاه والسلام which is the Kitab Sharh Ajayb al-Qalb, Imam Ghazali's book on an exposition of the wonders of the heart. And this is how we saw our teachers begin when they were teaching the Ahya. And then inshallah ta'ala, after book 40, we're going to start for the retreat in February, which if we're not able again to do it in person, inshallah will be online. But we hope that April won't come except that we'll be able to meet again in person. Bi'idnillah ta'ala, we'll be starting with the book on knowledge and the February retreat, and then to hope this to be a, a, a tradition that continues on. And we ask Allah Ta'ala to give us long lives in His obedience and to be able to study this book and over the course of our lives until the day that we meet Him and to live and die upon its meanings that please Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the third session, and alhamdulillah we've heard two beautiful sessions. One about the importance of connection to the Rasul and love for him and wanting to be with him and that learning with his return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that this is really what is good for us. And then we specifically learned in last session the greatness of the shafa'ah, the intercession of our Prophet and Ustaz Amjad beautifully ended with three ways that we can practically that strive in things that we can do here now to be able to receive his intercession, to move up in the degrees of closest to our Lord and to him, sallallahu alayhi And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this a reality, that may he attach our hearts to him and to his blessed Prophet sallallahu and to the elect of this ummah throughout the centuries, such that we long when we are about to take our last breath to meet with them and to be reunited with them. And we hope we will be from those people who are truthful and sincere to the covenant that they've taken with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rijalun sadaqu ma ahadullah About when Allah ta'ala speaks of the men that have been faithful to the covenant that they took with Allah. فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ قَضَى نَحْبَهُ From among them are those who have passed away. وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَنْتَظَرُ And from among those who are waiting. There's some that have already passed. And then there are those that are waiting. But how does Allah Ta'ala describe those are, that are waiting? وَمَا بَدَّلُوا تَبْلِيلًا They did not change anything at all. They remained faithful to the great principles of this deen. Despite the difficulty of circumstances, despite everything that they have faced. That they are the mountain, they are like mountains. So ask those who came into contact with them. What did they see? That every time that they came into contact with them, the prophets of course were like mountains in relation to their firmness upon the path. And likewise, those that they trained from among their companions and those who received this training on the hands of the great men and women of this religion throughout the centuries, they are like mountains. And they inspire us, you and I, to remain steadfast and to be patient, to remain firm upon this deen until the day that we meet our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. This session, session five, we will be looking at the following topic, 
beholding the noble countenance of Allah Jalla Jalalu and the and the vastness of His mercy Subhanahu wa Taala. And we didn't go into great detail uh, about the description of hell and paradise. I will leave you to read that in this book, inshallah ta'ala. But we're going to now speak about the greatest bliss of paradise, which is the beatific vision, gazing upon, beholding the noble countenance of our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is how Imam Ghazali begins uh, this particular chapter that he says, Allah exalted as he says, لِلَّذِينَ أَحْسَنُ الْحُسْنَ وَزِيَادَةً Those that wrought good shall be the greatest good. For those that wrought good shall be the greatest good and even more. So, لِلَّذِينَ أَحْسَنُ For those who that exemplified ihsan between them and their Lord and between having sincere belief and correct sincere practice and they had ihsan as well between them and the creation those that have this great trace of ihsan what will they receive from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al-husna they will receive the greatest good which is paradise waziyada and even more an increase what does Imam Ghazali say about this ziyada this even more is the vision of the divine countenance, which is the greatest of all delights, and which shall cause one to be quite oblivious of the pleasures of the people of heaven. We have mentioned its true nature in the book of love, and it has been attested to by the book and the sunnah in a way which refutes what the heretics believe. And so he goes into great detail about gazing upon the noble countenance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in book 36, his book on love, longing, intimacy, and contentment. And I want to just quote a few sections from this book and not get into the details of how Imam Muslim presents the way we should understand the beatific vision. But in specifically, how important it is for you and I to live in a way to prepare ourselves to be able to receive this in the next world. So he says, and this is just reading from the translation on page 64. Whoever attains this level loves the encounter with Allah. Speaking about the, that love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and preferring him over all else. He loves death and does not avoid it. He loves death and does not avoid it. Now, all of us naturally will fear death. But reading these books inspires us to try to live differently. Where we want to strive to be like those people who really live like this. So that, as we've heard now, in, uh, that Sayyid Tarif spoke of it as well, that we can receive that great glad tidings of our Prophet where he said, is that death is a precious gift. To the believer. So whoever attains this level loves the encounter with Allah. He loves death and does not avoid it, except in so far as he hopes to keep on perfecting his knowledge. Knowledge is like a seed, while the ocean of knowledge is without a shore to encompass, 
the quintessence of Allah's majesty is impossible. Whenever knowledge of Allah, His attributes and acts and the mysteries of His dominion increases and grows strong, felicity in the hereafter increases as well. And it too becomes mighty. Even so, when the seed is excellent and copious, the crop is abundant. And yet, it is not possible to obtain this seed except here in this world. Nor is there any sowing except on the elevated slopes of the heart, though the harvest be only in the world to come. Look at that. We're here in this world, and this is our opportunity. And this primarily takes place in the heart, first and foremost, and then manifests, manifests on the limbs. And then we harvest our efforts in the world to come, in the afterlife. This is why the Messenger of Allah said, The best happiness is a long life in service to Allah. Knowledge is perfected and broadened only in a long life through perseverance in thought, assiduity, and mental effort, aloofness from the epitomates of this world, and fierce concentration on the quest, but this of necessity demands time. He who loves death loves it, because he sees himself firmly fixed in knowledge and in possession of the furthest point prepared for him. He who dislikes death dislikes it because he is always hoping for some further increase in knowledge that will come to him through longer life. He sees himself as cut off from what he could attain and which escapes him unless he could have lived longer. This is the reason for the dislike as well as for the love of death among the learned. And in this book that he will speak of, what does it mean for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to love the human being? And he says about that, the interpretation of the utterances transmitted about Allah's love for his servants refers to the removal of a veil from the heart. So it's about removing the veil from the heart and coming to truly know him so that one sees with his heart and to Allah's enabling a person to draw near to him, and to Allah's willing that for him from eternity. This then is the meaning of his love. And this is what is understood from that famous divine saying, where he says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the prophet, on his prophet's tongue, my servant shall not stop drawing near to me through supererogatory prayers until I love him. And when I love him, and then Allah Ta'ala mentions that on the tongue of the Prophet a number of effects that will transpire as a result of that servant becoming beloved to Allah. This then is the meaning of his love. Allah Ta'ala removing the veil from the heart so that one can see with the heart and enabling a person to draw near to him and causing that to be for eternity. So that relates to love. Then why do we always ask for ridha, contentment, which is beyond love? And it is the greatest fruit of love. This is what Imam Ghazali says. Beyond the vision of Allah, there is no further level. This is the highest gift that someone can possibly attain. The blessed ask for contentment solely because it is the reason that that vision endures. The blessed, the great blessed people of Allah, ask for contentment. They want Allah to be content with, they want His rida solely because it is the reason that that vision endures. When they attain the bliss of the vision, 
It is as if they glimpse the utmost of all goals and the ultimate of all wishes. Hence, when they were commanded to ask, they asked only for its continuance, for they knew that Allah's contentment was the reason, re reason for the continual lifting of the veil. And then he quotes a verse, Allah says, وَلَدَيْنَا mazid," And there is more with us. And so that some of the commentators say about this verse in Surah Qaf, لَهُمْ مَا يَشَاءُونَ فِيهَا There they will have whatever they desire. وَلَدَيْنَا mazid," And with us is even more. Some of the Mufassirin is that comment on this verse and they say is that the people of paradise during the moment of increase will receive three gifts from the Lord of the worlds subhanahu wa ta'ala the first gift is a gift from Allah the like of which the inhabitants of paradise do not possess that they haven't received the likes of it and this refers to his words, subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَلَا تَعْنُوا نَفْسٌ مَا أُخْفِيَ لَهُمْ مِنْ No soul knows what delight has been concealed for them. That's the first gift. Second, the second great gift that they receive, السلام عليهم ربهم They will receive that a peace be upon them, a salam from their Lord. This gift goes beyond the gift in worthiness and consists of his saying, subhanahu wa ta'ala, in that surah Yasin, Salamun qawlam min rabbin rahim. Salam, a word from a merciful Lord, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the second. They receive salam from Allah Jalla Jalalu. And then the third great gift that they received is even greater than both the first gift and the greeting. And this is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَرِضْوَانُ مِنَ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ And greater is Allah's contentment. And contentment from Allah is even greater, meaning even greater than all of the bliss that they've experienced thus far in paradise. And so when they receive the rida of Allah, it leads to them receiving the vision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that continuously and that it being a means for it to endure. Another verse that relates to gazing upon the noble countenance of Allah is when Allah ta'ala says in Surah Al-Qiyamah, On that day, some faces will be bright. Gazing upon their Lord. And this word nadira is a beautiful word and you would describe a flower when it is nadira that it is in full bloom flowers are beautiful as they start to bloom but when they reach when it's in full bloom when you see a rose in full bloom before it starts to wilt into decay when it's in full bloom that's what this trait of nadira, of being radiant, really means is to be in full bloom. And this is what happens to the face when it gazes upon Allah Jalla Jalalu. The face is in full bloom. 
it will never be as radiant as when it gazes upon Allah. It will never be as beautiful as when it gazes upon Allah. And it will get more and more and more and more and more beautiful eternally. Every time that that face gazes upon the noble countenance of Allah, it will come back more beautiful and more beautiful and more beautiful eternally. إِلَىٰ رَبِّهَا نَاظِرًا And there are, of course, degrees of gazing upon the noble countenance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Imam al-Ghazali begins his chapter here in discussing the uh, beatific vision by quoting the verse, لِلَّذِينَ أَحْسَنُ husna wa And he goes on to say that the emissary of God, the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. We were, that Jurir ibn Abdullah al-Bajri says, we were once sitting with the Messenger of Allah when he looked at the full moon and said, you shall behold your Lord just as you behold this moon. You shall not be obstructed from the vision of him. Therefore, if you are able to pray before the sun rises and before it sets, then do so. Then he recited and proclaimed the praise of your Lord before the sun's rising and, and at its decline. And then in Sahih Muslim, that Suhaib once said, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu recited his word, exalted is he. For those that wrought good shall be the greatest good and even more. And commented as, follow, as follows. When the people of heaven enter heaven and those of hell enter hell, may Allah protect us, a herald shall call out saying, O people of heaven, there is a tryst for you with your Lord when he wishes, which he wishes to bring about for you. What might that tryst be, they inquire. Did he not load heavily our scales and whiten our faces and bring us into heaven and deliver us from hell? And the veil is lifted and they gaze upon the countenance of Allah. And never have they been given anything more beloved to them than this. This tradition of the vision, which is narrated by a number of the companions, reveals the supreme height of the greatest good and the very limit of bliss. All that we have detail regarding the pleasures of heaven shall at that moment be forgotten, for the rapture felt by heaven's people at the meeting shall be without end. Neither shall any of the pleasures of heaven stand any comparison with it at all. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. And so this is why you and I should long for this. This is something we should ask for. This is something we should desire. And we should know that this is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to the believers in paradise. And we should want this. And we should cultivate this in our heart. And there's ways of doing that. And one of the greatest ways is to accustom ourselves to loving the remembrance of Allah. Loving the worship of Allah. People speak about worship now almost like it's like a fad or something of the past. No, I would love to see young men and women loving to worship, spending time in worship. And I guarantee you, if you struggle a little bit with it, the pleasure that you find in worship will be much greater than any pleasure you find in video games, will be much greater than any pleasure that you find in watching movies or playing sports or doing anything of that nature, the pleasure that you will find from worship and from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
its true pleasure that endures, let alone pleasures that people seek from unlawful means. This fulfills the human being at the depth of their being. And once you tap into that, you will start to realize its beauty. May Allah bless us to taste the sweetness of faith and bless us to taste the sweetness of His remembrance and bless us all to love worship and to enjoy it and all of the impediments and obstacles in the way. May Allah from the barakah of this reading and from the barakah of our Prophet remove them so that we can taste the sweetness of faith, so that we can that live like the poet Habib Ali Muhammad al-Habshi said, that fa'ishu bi-dhikri Muhammadan muna'aman, that I live in a state of bliss through the remembrance of Muhammad, our blessed Prophet Muhammad, Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And the more that we cultivate that now, the more we are preparing ourselves to harvest the seed that we've planted here that will then translate into our gaze upon into our gaze upon the noble countenance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he moves on to his very last chapter of this great work of his, the Ihya Lumidin, the revival of the religious sciences. Babun fi si'ati rahmatillahi ta'ala. Nakhtam bihil kitab ada sabira tafa'ul bidarika. And we conclude the book with a chapter on the wide compass of Allah's mercy for optimism's sake. This is his khatam, this is how he ends the book. About the si'ah, the comprehensiveness and vastness of the mercy of our Lord Most High subhanahu wa ta'ala. In order to imbibe within us deep-seated optimism. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us so that we could come to know Him. And He did not create us in vain. He created us for, for a purpose. And inshallah ta'ala we come to know what that purpose is. And we live principled lives. And we live in a way that's pleasing to Him. And if we just put a little bit of effort in, He will open up the doors for us. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Especially in a time that is so difficult. That there are so many things around us that make us despair. And this is why if we say that we need to be optimistic in general, especially in our time. If we say that we need to focus more on mercy in general, especially in our time, and this is the way of our teachers, the rightly guided scholars who understand very well the Qur'an and the Sunnah of our Prophet and know very well how to teach it in our time. Our teachers uplift us and they inspire us and they encourage us to do what it is that we can, and that they cause us and are means for us to come to have hope in Allah Taala, to realize that this world has purpose, and that despite all of the difficulties, and despite all of the mistakes that we make, and the sins that we commit, major and minor, and the things that we do that we know that we deserve to be punished for, despite all of that, they still are means for us to have hope in Allah. And this is something that we have to live with, and this is something that we have to die with. And especially if any one of us, may Allah Ta'ala give us all long lives in His obedience. If our last moment is coming, have a good opinion of Allah. Have hope in Allah, no matter what we've done. Remember that man who killed 99 people, then killed a hundredth, and then was on the way, based upon the advice of the scholar, 
to go to that place to be around good people and he didn't make it. He died along the way and just before he died, he threw himself in the direction of where it was that he was going even though he knew that he wasn't going to make it. And that thrust weighed heavily with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it was a means for him and including his intention in terms of where he was going to be forgiven. And for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to command the angels of mercy to take him and to forbid the angels that of wrath to take him. This is how we want to be and let's help each other do that. We don't want anyone to be left behind. We want to be sources of mercy. And we know that the greatest mercy sent to the world was our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Every single one of his teachings is merciful. Every single one of his commands and his prohibitions is mercy. And every single individual sunnah of his وسلم, is a key that unlocks mercy for us, for those that are around us, and that is a means for people to enter into the mercy of our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so Imam Ghazali says, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, used to like optimism. And since we have no credit, since we have to our credit no works, through which you might hope for forgiveness. Who is this? This is Imam al-Ghazali. And since we have to our credit no works, through which we might hope for forgiveness, we emulate him وسلم, and are optimistic, hoping that Allah may end our courses well in this world and in the next. Thus we shall end this book with a commemoration of his mercy. For he has said subhanahu wa ta'ala, Assuredly, Allah forgives not that partners should be associated unto Him, but He forgives all save that to whomsoever He will. And He said, Exalted is He, O my bondsmen who are prodigal with their own selves, do not despair not of Allah's mercy. Truly Allah forgives all sins. That, O servants of mine, and Allah said, Ya ibadiyah. My servants, they transgress against their own souls, but he still said, Ya ibadiyah. He still attributed them to himself, subhanahu wa ta'ala. That who asrafu ala anfusihim. They've transgressed against their own souls. What? La taqnatu min rahmatillah. This is a command. Do not despair from the mercy of Allah. Allah is commanding us. How beautiful is that? Despite that we've transgressed against our own selves. La taqnatu. It is from the major sins to, to, to despair the mercy of Allah. La taqnatu man rahmatillah. Never despair from the mercy of Allah. Inna Allah yaghfiru dhunuba jimiyah. Allah forgives all sins. Innuhu huwal ghafurur rahim. Indeed, He is the all forgiving and the all merciful. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And He says, Subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَمَنْ يَعْمَلُ سُوءٍ أَوْ يَظْلَمْ نَفْسُهُ ثُمَّ يَسْتَغْفِرِ اللَّهَ يَجِلِ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمًا Yet whosoever has wrought evil or has wronged his own self, but then asks for Allah's forgiveness, shall find him to be all forgiving, all merciful. And let's all raise our hands and say these prayers together. And all follow along. Inshallah, if you have the ability to do so, repeat after me. We're going to read from this book. We ask forgiveness of Allah, exalted is He. For every stumbling on our part and for every slip of the pen in this and all our other books, in this and all our other books, 
We ask His forgiveness for those of our words which have been not been matched by our deeds. We ask His forgiveness for the claims and professions of knowledge and insights into His religion which we have made despite our insufficiencies therein. We ask His forgiveness for every science we have acquired and every action which we have undertaken for His noble sake, but which was then commingled with something else. We ask His forgiveness for every covenant we made within ourselves, but which we then fell short of fulfilling. We ask His forgiveness for every blessing which He bestowed upon us, but which we employed in disobedience to him. We ask his forgiveness for having declared or implied the shortcomings or the inadequacy of anyone. And we ask his forgiveness for every passing notion which induced us to dis dissemble or be, mannered, be, or be mannered for the sake of playing up to others in any book which we have written or any discourse which we have delivered or any science which we have profited or profited from. And then look at this. And the scholars who came after them, after Imam Ghazali, highlighted this point. And this is mentioned in some of the books of the Sadaba Alawi, highlighting what Imam Ghazali says in this dua that he's going to make for those that read this book of his, or who transcribe it, or who here read it, listen to it. And after having asked his pardon for all of these things, for ourselves and for whomsoever reads this book of ours, or copies it, or listens to it. We ask that he should honor us with his forgiveness and mercy and overlook the entirety of our sins, both evident and concealed. And look at the beauty of the Arabic. and we're going to read this again. And after having asked his pardon for all these things, for ourselves and for whomsoever reads this book of ours, or copies it or listens to it, we ask that he should honor us with his forgiveness and mercy and overlook the entirety of our sins, both evident and concealed. For all-encompassing is his generosity, all-abundant is his mercy, and his grace overflows upon all that he has made, all that he has made. And his grace overflows upon all that He has made. And we who are of His making find no path to Him but that which lies through His grace and through munificence. For the Messenger of Allah has said, Truly Allah, exalted is He, is of a hundred mercies, one of which He has sent below to jinn and to mankind and to the birds and the animals and the vermin, through which is all their mutual dealing with kindness and with mercy, and ninety-nine mercies. Has he withheld? Ninety-nine mercies has he withheld, and by them shall he show mercy to his bondsmen on the day of arising. And it is related that when the day of arising comes, Allah exalted as he shall bring forth a book from beneath the throne in which it is written, My mercy has outstripped my wrath. I am the most merciful of all that show mercy. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. What a blessing. What a the merciful Lord that we have, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And how undeserving we are, yet He is deserving, subhanahu wa ta'ala, of showing that mercy, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we will just quote a few other narrations.
And the Prophet said on the day of arising, Allah shall ask the faithful, Did you yearn for the meeting with me? Yes, O our Lord, they reply. And when he asks why, they answer, Because in your indulgence in pardon did we set our hopes. And at this he declares, For you I have decreed that pardon. And he said, وسلم, On the day of arising, Allah, great and glorious as he shall say, Bring forth from hell all those who remembered me on one day or even feared the standing before me. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. And Al Sunabihi said, I came in upon Ubad ibn Samant when he was in his mortal illness, mortal illness. I began to weep, but he said, Easy now, why do you weep? For by Allah, not one of the traditions which I heard from Allah's emissary, وسلم, in which there will be benefit for you, did I not relate to you save one alone, which I shall narrate to you today now that my soul is beset on all sides. I heard the emissary of Allah, the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, say, Allah has made hell forbidden for all who declare La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. So let's all say with sincerity La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. La ilaha illallah. And Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As said, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa once said, On the day of arising, Allah shall choose a man from my nation out of the assembly of all creatures. Ninety-nine books shall be spread out before him, each one of them which stretches as far as the eye can see. Then he shall ask him, Do you deny any of this? Have my recording angels dealt you with any injustice? No, my Lord, he shall reply. Then he shall ask, Have you any excuse? No, my Lord, he shall reply. But yes, he says, but yes, says he, you have one good action in my sight. And today there shall be no injustice against you. And he brings out a card upon which is written, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. Oh my Lord, he says, what is that card beside all these books? You shall not be wrong, says he. And the books are placed in one scale and the card in the other. And the books rise up while the card descends. For there is nothing which can outweigh Allah's name. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. And this is why the Prophet said, وسلم, the greatest word that I said, I and those who came before me, La ilaha illallah. And we should be from those who, <clears throat> who say, La ilaha illallah often. Allahumma salli ala Sayyid Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. And then if we move to the end, Imam Ghazali that ends by saying, These traditions, together with those which we have related in the Book of Hope, give us the glad news of the wide compass of Allah's mercy. It is our hope that He will not deal with us as we deserve, but will rather grant us that which is appropriate to Him in His generosity abundant indulgence and mercy subhanahu wa ta'ala and this was is how he ends this blessed book of his to radiyallahu ta'ala anhu and that we may ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to realize these blessed supplications for us and to that have mercy upon all of us ya rahman rahimin and to bless us to be aware of our mortality and to prepare for the meeting with him 
subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one of the things we've learned from our teacher when we were previously saying that they understand well the book and the sunnah and how to teach it in our time. Their way is a way of love. And so this is how we want to end. Loving Allah, loving the Messenger of Allah, loving the awliya and the salihin, the true people of Allah. Al-mar'u ma'aman ahab. A man, a woman, is with the one he or she loves. One is with the one whom he or she loves. And we love Allah and we don't doubt that. We love the Prophet and we don't doubt that. And we love his companions and we love his family. And we love the awliya of this ummah. And we love his ummah. Sallallahu alayhi wa wasallam. And we hope that through that love, we will be with them. With them now here in this world, with them in the barzakh, with them on Yawm al-Qiyamah, with them at the Sirat, with them at the Hawd, and with them in Jannah. And Sidi Abdi Aziz al-Dabbag says, is that Al-Wasila, which is the highest place in Jannah, is actually in the center of paradise. Because the Prophet ﷺ wanted to be close to his ummah, even in paradise. He wanted to be close to his ummah, even in paradise. And the reason that all of those companions that the Prophet asked, Salma, shit, ask whatever you want, chose. Murafaqatu, his companionship in paradise is because they realize all of the individual blessings of paradise, all of the bliss of paradise stems from our connection to him. If you have him, you are positioning yourself to be able to experience the bliss of paradise in the greatest of ways. And as our teachers have said, and this is from the Lataif, we prepare ourselves for the greatest bliss of paradise, which is the gaze upon the noble countenance of Allah, by gazing first upon the blessed face of Rasulullah Sallallahu When we come to the Hawd and when we encounter him Sallallahu Alaihi this is one of the greatest moments of all and it's, it were to be the only recompense that we receive for everything that we did in the world and we don't deserve anything. It would suffice. That which transpires when we gaze upon the countenance of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi at his basin. That would suffice but that prepares us to gaze upon the noble countenance of Allah. And one of the most beautiful things that I've ever heard, we were with one of our teachers, and we were in a particular place in uh, northern Wales, and um, the sky looked very beautiful that day, and um, we were talking about the sky, and how the sky there was light, whitish but had a redness tint to it and it that our teacher reminded us or it was it was said that this is the description of the blessed face of the prophet sallallahu he had lighter skin but had a redness to it sallallahu alaihi and then it was then said that is this the what the color that people see on the plane of gazing upon the noble countenance of Allah Ta'ala and his response was what other color would it be? the color that is present when we come to the plane whereby which the believers gaze upon the noble countenance of Allah is the very color of the blessed face of our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam 
And this is something we should all want. Let's all send abundant salawat upon him. And inshallah, may Allah bless us all with a vision of Rasulullah. And forgive all of our sins, remove all of the impediments between us and that. May we long for that and want that deeply. And inshallah, may Allah bless us all with that. And may Allah prepare us to be able to look upon His blessed face. And to protect our eyes from anything that would come in the way of that. So that when we come to His blessed hawd, and from even before that, we've already seen Him. And we know what He's going to look like. But just imagine in when it's person to person, how much more beautiful and how much more amazing that's going to be. May Allah Ta'ala bless us and give us tawfiq and in all of our affairs, Ya Arham Rahmin. Forgive us of all of our sins and have mercy upon all of us, Ya Arham Rahmin. All of those who are listening, all of those who will listen, and all of our family members and loved ones and anyone that we know who is sick or ill, or anyone that we know has passed away. May Allah Ta'ala envelop them in His mercy, Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. May Allah Ta'ala bring abundant mercy in these upcoming days and these upcoming weeks and the upcoming months in the lands in which we live. And may the banners of La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah spread all throughout these lands. And inshallah, from the barakah of these readings, may people come to know the Prophet and to know his sunnah and to experience the beauty of loving him. May Allah bless us. Bless us all with a kamal husna khatima.